Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Thanks for joining us again this week, man. I, I trust you've been digging in with us every week. We've been getting in the Word. We have had uh, John Noe on the program the last six weeks. And if you've missed any of it, man, I, I encourage you to go back and watch them. You can go back to YouTube, watch them. I think you can even go back on ITBN and watch their archive versions. We've been unpacking some things about uh, the last days, the time of the end. Uh, we've just been uh, dealing with things systematically and trying to document uh, some things to give you an alternative to some of the uh, end of the world hype. Uh, we've let, I'm afraid, Hollywood dictate our views of uh, uh, the end of the world. And the truth of it is, is our future is bright. And uh, I have again on the set with me John Noe, and he is the president of Prophecy Reformation Institute. It is a conservative evangelical scholar and a member of the Evangelical Theological Society. Uh, John has presented 17 theological papers on es eschatological reformation issues. He holds an earned Ph.D. in theology from Trinity Theological Seminary and the University of Liverpool with distinctions. He's the author of several books. Uh, he, we, were, we are really putting an emphasis on his latest book, Unraveling the End, a balanced scholarly synthesis of uh, four competing and conflicting end-time views. He wrote one called The Greater Jesus, The Perfect Ending of the World. He has a whole host of books on Amazon.com. You can go there and get his books. He's also a screenwriter, an award-winning entrepreneur. He's a past 20-year member of the National Speakers Association. He's been featured on television shows like Larry King Live, uh, CBN's uh, 700 Club, and of course that you might have life with Dr. Lynn Howes now. So he's reached the utopia of his I'm going career. to add that to the list. <laughs> You're going to add it to the list. Uh, he he uh, uh, has climbed mountains around the world, lives in Indianapolis with his wife Cindy, a former state representative. And it is a great joy to have you on again, John. We, in the last segment, uh, we've been unpacking Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse, the Jesus' most dramatic prophecy. Last week, we really dealt with the, um, the scripture that said, This generation will not pass away until all these things are fulfilled. And what we, I believe, concisely and consistently showed, not only in this text, but contextually, uh, grammatically, that this generation was not some future generation, but it was the generation that was alive and well when Jesus said, this generation will not pass until everything I told you comes to pass. Uh, that's not uh, putting some gap or theory and saying, hold on, wait a minute, uh, the time clock stopped until 1948 when Israel became a nation, and that was the generation Jesus was talking about. There's no biblical precedence to hang that on. Okay. Everything Jesus said would occur within that generation, we submit to you, happened exactly and precisely like Jesus prophesied that it would. And so I'm going to give it back to you at that point because uh, you were continuing to unpack some things about that, and we're going to deal with that over the next couple of programs. Well, thank you, Lynn. I appreciate that, and I've enjoyed this immensely. We've had fun, haven't we? Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> so I just want to kick this off by asking, well, why, why can't we just take Jesus at His Word? Why can't we believe Jesus? <laughs> you, know, you know, there's a hymn that says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take Him at His Word, just to rest upon His promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord." Mm -hmm. Well, why can't we do that here? Why can't we just take Jesus' Word uh, in naturally 
and literally, as he said. And I want to suggest that there are two reasons. Uh, one is our allegiance or bondage to uh, a particular postponement traditions that interrupt this yeah. uh, timeline of Daniel and, and time frame mm -hmm. of, of the other uh, New Testament uh, passages we've been looking at and futurize it. And yet, a second reason is there are many people who, who will say, well, okay, this makes sense, you know, and it's a lot better <laughs> that, you know, all this stuff is uninterrupted and it is sequential, chronological, literal, you know, in, in its time frame fulfillment. But I just can't fathom how all these things that Jesus mentioned in, in the Olivet Discord, I just can't fathom how in the world they possibly could have been fulfilled in this time mm -hmm. frame. Mm -hmm. How in the world will that happen? So, uh, uh, you know, that's take a look at the nature of fulfillment of 13 critical aspects. Now, okay. there's more, yep. but we'll, these are the top 13, mm -hmm. I, would, I would assure you, uh, you know, in here that, that, that he talked about. So, uh, to get started on that, uh, the, first, the first critical element, and I call them elements, uh, is the end of the age. Mm -hmm. Jesus talked about the end of the age. He was asked, you know, what will be the sign, or when will these things happen? Then not one stone will be left on another. What will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? What age was he talking about back then? Mm -hmm. Well, back then the Jews viewed time as, as composed of two ages, mm -hmm. this present age and the age to come. And the transition between this present age that they were living in, that was the age of Moses, uh, would be would be uh, uh, effectuated by the Messiah. Mm -hmm. he, he would bring that 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 this present age to an end, and the age to come would be the age of the kingdom, the age of the Messiah, the age of the new covenant, you know, mm -hmm. uh, system. Uh, the Jews did not see their their time as divided into three ages or have, have a, a parenthetical age stuck in the middle, mm -hmm. uh, something like that. There was no interruption uh, between the two. Now, this present age is not mentioned in the Old Testament, but it is found in the New Testament. This present age and age to come in Matthew 12, 32, Luke 20, 35, and, and so forth. Uh, Jesus equated the age to come with eternal life. Again, this is the new mm -hmm. covenant mm -hmm. system. Uh, and this age division was well known back in this time frame. Mm -hmm very well known. Mm -hmm. And so the Messiah would bring, the, would bring this transition all about through the appointed time of the end. Now the second element we want to talk about is the gospel of the kingdom being preached in the whole world mm -hmm. uh, in Matthew 24, 14. This was a prerequisite event, as you well know. <laughs> yeah. uh, the end could not come right. until the gospel was preached in, in the whole world. Aha! Mm -hmm. uh -huh, the yep. future say. Mm -hmm. The gospel wasn't preached in America before A.D. 70. The gospel wasn't preached in uh, Africa mm -hmm. uh, or in uh, Australia or anywhere like that. The great missionary movements uh, of the uh, uh, 17th and 18th century, I believe, mm -hmm. th those hadn't happened yet. Well, all right, then we have a problem mm -hmm. if that hadn't happened yet. But the solution is this, is that New Testament writers affirm that whatever Jesus meant why this gospel will be preached in the whole world before the end could come, mm -hmm. actually occurred. Where? Well, here's a couple. Uh, Paul, writing 31 years after Jesus' earthly mm -hmm. ministry, says this, all over the world this gospel is producing fruit and growing. All over the world. 
same all terminology. Okay. Colossians 1.6, Colossians 1.23. The gospel that you heard has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. Every creature under heaven. That's what the Word says. Paul in Romans 1.8. Your faith is being reported all over the world. Mm -hmm. Now, that's not Paul's opinion. Mm -mm. <laughs> That's inspired scripture, and these are the same words, or very similar words, to what Jesus used. And there's more. There's, there's, there's several more I won't go into now, but even more. So therefore, according to the Bible, this gospel was preached in all the world in fulfillment of Jesus' prerequisite event. Mm -hmm. Therefore, by the testimony of scripture, yep. that, one has that been prerequisite event had been satisfied. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the appointed time of the end. Yep was cleared to come. Mm -hmm. All right, third element. There were signs given to read and to obey, and that form of, 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 of obeying would be to flee. Yep. To flee. So we see that uh, the number one prime sign was the abomination that causes the desolation. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 15 through 16, so when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of by the prophet Daniel, mm -hmm. let the reader understand, mm -hmm. not let the reader be confused, yeah. <laughs> let the reader understand and let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Mm -hmm. So they were to understand, Lynn, and no New Testament writer subsequent New Testament writer ever corrected their understanding of the contemporary relevance of that instruction to flee. Mm -hmm. In fact, they did just the opposite, as we've seen. They intensified the, the nearness of this event happening as Jesus' 40-year time frame wound down. Mm -hmm. Their intensity of nearness language ratcheted up. So, and then the temple, and then the temple was destroyed and it was taken down Stone, stone by stone. The second sign that they were to watch for would be Jerusalem surrounded by armies. Mm -hmm. In Luke 21, 20 through 22, Jesus told him, and that's the Olivet Discourse according to Luke's version, mm -hmm. and this is the only place in the Olivet Discourse that we find this instruction mm -hmm. is in Luke's. So when you see, you now you as them, he's talking to real, yeah. he's talking to real yeah. air breathing, real blood people pumping right people. Yeah. You know, it's like when I'm talking to you, I mean, yeah. I, when I say you, I mean you. Yeah. When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you will know that its desolation is near. Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those in the city get out. Let those in the country not enter the city. Why? For this is the time of punishment, or King James says, this, these are the days of vengeance, vengeance in fulfillment of all that has been written. Yeah. All now, let me, let me jump in just for a moment, because when Jesus first gives his first public message, he stands up and says, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor yes. and to declare the year yes. of the favor of our God. Yes. And he stopped. Stopped. And in mid-verse. Yeah. He breaks hermeneutical rules almost. What is because, that? Isaiah 61, yeah, 1 and 2, he's right? quoting Isaiah. Stop. It's in mid-verse of verse 2. Right. And what did he leave out? He was declaring the year of favor. He leaves out, and the days of the vengeance of our God here, which did not come until Here he puts it back in. The days of vengeance. Because yes. they had this time yes. to yet repent, you know. <laughs> I mean, that, that, and they, when yes. he preached that message, it was That's crazy. Right. When Jesus preached that message, they That's threw right. him out of the church. 
I mean, that was his one of the last times he gets to preach in his father's house. Is they they, they they threw him out, you know, four times after. And he's such a time text there because he said this day, this scripture, yeah, is fulfilled in your ears. So I mean, he's even starting to time. But at that day, yeah. this one wasn't. Yeah, that one was. That's why he didn't say vengeance. Right. Yeah. But now he does. Yeah. Because now he says this. Yeah. Was, are the days of vengeance? Not these. Yep. But these. That's right. Now this was the day of vengeance on him. Mm-hmm. Yep. But not. But this is. Yep. So four times then, after Jesus said those words in AD 30, mm-hmm. four times Jerusalem was surrounded by armies prior to this event. Mm-hmm. The first occurred in 66. Then, 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 then two more times, and then the fourth time, as we talked about here, it was too late to get out. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get out. Mm-hmm. Four times. Eusebius records, Eusebius is the father of church history, yeah. uh, 3rd century A.D. He records that no Christians were trapped inside Jerusalem and destroyed in the siege that occurred in A.D. 70. Why not? Be- because they heeded the words They Jesus. knew Jesus was the Messiah and they obeyed his instructions to flee. When you see Jerusalem, it's time to get out of Dodge. Two, two signs, the abomination standing in the holy place, mm-hmm which was the temple, yep. and it, there was all sorts of abominations going on in that place. Jews killing Jews, uh, improper uh, sa- sacrifices being given. Romans inside of the Roman, that was the final one. Yeah. That was a pinnacle one. Mm. Yes, but, but by that time it was too late to yeah. flee. Yeah. But they saw, and Jerusalem surrounded by armies. And, and, and didn't history record that at that moment that for some reason uh, the Roman general hesitated, backed up, and, and the Jews that knew what Jesus said got and fled to Pella. Is that correct? Didn't didn't and the siege when Titus is leading. It was too late then. Okay, it was too late to get out then. They had to get out for what, the first what, three. The first three, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, but I'm talking about they they fled to Pella yes, during one of those one sieges. That's one of the places. One of those, yeah. and other other places, right? Now there were two groups that failed to follow Jesus as a prophet mm-hmm. and and as Messiah. Uh, and they perished, and they experienced the horrors and the yep. judgment of the destruction of Jerusalem. One is the unbelieving Jews, and two are former followers of Christ who were zealous for the law and went back mm-hmm. in Jerusalem, and they you know, suffered the age-ending judgment. I know I'm making this one a little bit longer than we want to, but I want to say this too. You know, in order for you know everybody right now in a lot of hype about the end of the world, in order for this stuff to fit again, first of all, they got to build another temple. They got to reinstitute animal sacrifice. I mean, we'd be a long way from that, even if what they're saying is true in the future. Uh, and then the second thing, I'm, I'm watching the other day, and I don't, I don't mean to be critical, but I'm watching the preacher say we need to get the Jews to go back to their homeland so Jesus can go back. And this, the first one is getting people, Jews to go back to their homeland, you know, to kind of get them to return back to Jerusalem. And the very next guy comes on, he says, when you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, uh, let him that's in Jude- you know, Judea flee into the mountains. You know, in other words, it's time to get out of Dodge. I'm sitting there thinking, now wait a minute, one guy's telling me to go back. And the other guys tell me when I see the armies coming to get out of Dodge, if I was a Jew watching this and they're trying to get me to go back to my homeland, I'd be like, what are y'all doing? You know, setting me up for another Holocaust? Because if I get over there and then what's going to happen in the next couple of years is that this is going to all end again? You know, that, that stuff is crazy to me. What we're trying to show you is that it can only fit. It can only fit in this time slot. This was the temple. This was the temple that was being destroyed. These were the people that Jesus was saying, when you see it encompassed with armies, it's time to get out. This was the appointed time in the end. That's right. Now, Lynn, bad theology has caused many bad wars. Yep. And bad theology today 
can cause another yep. bad war over there yep. that has nothing to do with eschatological yep. fulfillment. Whether it's our theology or Islamic theology, it's all but it can be what a, we believe is important. Now back then, uh, Josephus records 1.1 million Jews yep. were killed in Jerusalem. Now that's not to count all the ones in other skirmishes yep. around and in diaspora and taken into a captivity and prayed and, you know and used in the Colosseums and all this kind of stuff. Yep. Now I do want to mention one more time. Sure. Maybe more than that. That, While that, you're doing that, I would encourage people to read the writings of Josephus because everything we're talking about is historically documented. Well, he is the only eyewitness account we have of this time period. Mm -hmm. There is no other. It's just Josephus. Now, he's a controversial character mm -hmm. for, for a number of reasons, but he's the only eyewitness account. Yep. That we have. There is. There are no other. Amazingly enough, when I read some of that history and I read how he wrote it, I can literally see the wording of that in the scripture being fulfilled that Jesus was prophesying when I read about Josephus' account of the siege of Jerusalem. It's amazing. And do you know that Josephus actually declared that Jesus was the Messiah? Yep. Much to the chagrin of many Jewish uh, Josephus yep. scholars. But I all, but but uh, that's what I wrote my screenplay on is, is about this this time period, mm -hmm. and I talked to one of the major, if not the major, Josephus scholars who was a who's an unbelieving Jew, mm -hmm. uh, unbelieving in Christ, mm -hmm. Jew, and he's and uh, this one section in Antiquities of the Jew where, where it's two paragraphs, uh, he said, John, well you do have one thing going for you on that, and I said, what's that? He says, there are no manuscript discrepancies. I said, hello? Yeah. None? I mean, we even have manuscripts discrepancies with this. Yeah. None. He said, all the manuscripts all that we have, that, that, th those passages where Josephus claimed that, that Jesus was stated, mm -hmm. that Jesus was the Messiah, and, and some more things, too. Uh, there are no manuscript discrepancies. Isn't that interesting? That's crazy. And I just want to emphasize once again that, as uh, Drs. Klein, Bloomberg, and Hubbard say, the historical defensible interpretation has the greatest authority. That is, interpreters can have maximum confidence in the understanding of a text when they base that understanding on historically defensible arguments. That's what we're doing. We're taking scripture and historically defending those fulfillments. That's a much greater burden than extrapolating this and saying, well, one of these days, however all this stuff might happen, you know, mm -hmm. that'll be the fulfillment. Because mm -hmm. then you don't have that burden. Because you can just, you know, ex extrapolate it out to a, to a future time. Mm -hmm. But we're explaining the, the historical uh, fulfillment of these things. Okay, the next, next element here. Those days cut short for the elect's sake. Now, the elect in Matthew 24 is verded was not the unbelieving Jews. Mm -hmm. It was the church. Mm -hmm. It was for their sake that these days had to be cut short. Why? Because they were considered to be a sect of, of Judaism by both the Jews and, and the Romans and by themselves. Mm -hmm. And the church, Lynn, was never in more danger of going out of existence than it was right, right prior to that. here. Mm -hmm. And Jesus quotes that, and, and, and says, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and Daniel states that, yeah. and he quotes Daniel, and then he adds to it, and never again shall be, mm -hmm. right here. That's why these days had to be cut short for the sake of the church, mm -hmm. and those days were cut short, and 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 Christianity, because of this event, was then freed up 
to not be considered a sect of biblical Judaism, but freed up to become its own worldwide faith uh, uh, movement. And from then on, it's just like leaven that's filled the whole earth of the kingdom. There you go. Verses 23 and 26. Let's read those. Because this, this is important. At that time, Jesus says, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there he is, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect, if that were possible. Now, if it weren't possible, why even bring it up? Mm -hmm. See, I have told you ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Now, here's something he does. He repeats it. You know, you, yep. you, you, have you ever been talking to somebody and you didn't Make think sure they did? Yeah. <laughs> yep. So if anyone tells you, he says it again. There he is out in the desert. Do not go out there. Here he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe them. And then he talks about lightning, which is our next point. But I, let, me just, let me just stop right there and say this. The deception of the elect, as Jesus frames it here, is the idea that when this type of coming, this cloud coming in age-ending day of the Lord judgment takes place, you will be able to see the person, uh, the bodily person of deity. Mm -hmm. In other words, a visible appearance of, deity, uh, of Jesus. Jesus is saying that's the deception of the elect. Mm -hmm. Because this type of coming, cloud coming, in its many uses and fulfillment in the Old Testament, never was a visible appearance mm -hmm. of Jesus. That's uh, why it requires a sign. Because that's why it, it requires. We'll get to the sign in a minute okay, too. Right, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. But that's a deception. Because if of the this light. were the visible one, you don't need a sign. It's just hello. <laughs> that's right. Now, the good news is, they are still the elect. Mm -hmm. The bad news is, they're deceived mm -hmm. on this point. Yeah. So and it's important, you know for us to realize that. And there's, there's many Christians today who, who are, are looking for this kind of thing. Say, well, when Jesus comes, everybody will see it. Mm -hmm. Everybody all over the world, you know, and they talk about uh, satellites and TVs and, yep. you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, that's not what Jesus said. And, and Jesus even said something else about this in, Matthew, in uh, John uh, 14. If I could turn to there real quick. Mm -hmm. He said, Lynn, uh, verse 18, I will not leave you as larvins. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore. Mm -hmm. Question, how long is Jesus is not anymore? Mm -hmm. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So what he said, before long, the world will not see me anymore. The whole world mm -hmm. will not. I, I believe that's still in effect. Yeah. But he said, but you will see me. Mm -hmm. And many others have. But the whole world will never see him. Mm -hmm. But many are looking, who are, who are under the deception of the lack, for a time when Jesus will come and everybody will see him. Mm -hmm. Not so, says Jesus. And then he talks about as lightning. He says, For as lightning comes from east and flashes to west, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Now, that's understood to mean, man, you'll see lightning. Lightning's visible. Mm -hmm. I've seen lightning. It really flashes and, and streaks, and man, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's, it, that should be a visible appearance of Jesus. That's what he's using there. Mm -hmm. No, that is not why he's using that, for several reasons. Number one, lightning is usually associated with a local weather system, not a worldwide event. And number two, lightning that flashes from east to west is, is not cloud to ground lightning. Cloud to ground lightning flashes from above to below. Mm -hmm. Lightning that flashes from east to west is either intra, 
cloud lightning or inner cloud lightning. Mm -hmm. In other words, between clouds mm -hmm. or within a cloud. And we know today, and I did a lot of uh, research up at Purdue University on, on lightning and clouds, uh, that uh, quote some of these sources here that I document, only about one-sixth or one-third of all discharges are cloud to ground, mm -hmm. which most of the lightning we see is cloud to ground, because you can see that. But the cloud, the inner cloud lightning, you don't really see the streak or the bolt. You may see a, a diffused light form uh, because it's hidden by the cloud. Mm -hmm. It happens within the cloud. And 80 to 90% of inner cloud or intra-cloud lightning is never visibly seen. 80 to 90 percent, according to the experts here. So just given, I mean, based on what we know today. Mm -hmm. Now, they didn't know that then, mm -hmm. but, but we know that now. So actually, this, based upon scientific, that scientific evidence, is a better ground for a non-visible appearance of deity in this, which is the type of, of the nature of that type of cloud coming, mm -hmm. as it had been in the Old Testament, than it is for a visible appearance. But I think it also has a symbolic appearance. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it, 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 Suddenness, uh, the darkness of the day, a day of clouds, we're talk, talks about day it. Day of darkness. Yeah. Day let of let darkness. me just say to our audience, we're not going to cut for this segment. I'm going to let you keep on talking. We're going to uh, we're going to cut this in in just a few minutes as we go off the air. But we're going to continue this conversation next week. So if uh, uh, we want you to tune in, because I don't want to break the pattern here, but I just want to let you know we're going to tune in uh, next week and continue. We're going to continue running this same conversation next week. So tune in. Go ahead, John. All right. It also could symbolize the power mm -hmm. and the suddenness, the darkness of thunderclouds, the judgment passing over Israel. The presence would only be indirectly seen, like, mm -hmm. like the diffused light, you know, inside a cloud that lightning strikes from east, mm -hmm. east, east to west. Uh, Paul's statement in 1 Thessalonians 5, 2, the day of the Lord will be like a thief. Well, a thief comes suddenly and with surprise, and usually at night, so it's not seen. Mm -hmm. a, a thief doesn't come to be seen, mm -hmm. usually. Right? So these are all arguments for, for, an, for a non-visible coming and appearing of deity, which is the nature of cloud coming. Always has been. Mm -hmm. Still is. Mm -hmm. But there are other types of comings that are visible appearances mm -hmm. of deity, mm -hmm. which we recognized some of those uh, earlier. So, and, and all of them, there was a lot of them throughout the scripture where God comes upon, rides upon the wings of the wind. He makes the clouds. I mean, I, some of them you may know more familiar than I do. We're, we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. <laughs> You're jumping ahead of me, Lynn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's all right. I yeah. don't care. You know. uh, all right, number seven, uh, verse 28. Let, let me just say this because... Uh, uh, For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ. <laughs> 